Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show in its 15th year, or maybe in 16th year on voiceamerica.com. I'm so pleased to have on the program uh, Paula A. Marshall, who has been on this program for about seven or eight years now. She's been on different programs that I've conducted and just really uh, an inspirational woman. She's the CEO of Bama Companies, which is an international innovator of bakery products. She's the author of five books, And two of them we're going to talk about today, The Soul of Big Business and The Executive Entrepreneur. And this company, the Bama Pie Company, started in 1927 in the kitchen of her grandmother, Cornelia Alabama, Bama Marshall. So we're going to talk all about sort of being the entrepreneur, but also being an executive and maybe some holiday tips for us as well, because they make apple pies and, you know, that's holiday, Thanksgiving and holiday time. So welcome, Paula. (laughs) Thank you very much. I bet you know how to make the best apple pie, Paula, for your family. Oh, we're always cooking apple pies, pumpkin pies, pecan pies. We got them all going. So, which is great. And I want what I wanted to do to open this was to talk about something in your book, The Executive Entrepreneur, with very clever book. You wrote this with Jim Stovall, who is an executive. Well, he's an entrepreneur, and you're an executive, and you looked at situations from both points of view, from sort of the entrepreneurial yes, point of view, right, and also from the executive entrepreneur, so both. So yes. one of the things I want you to, I want you to talk about this, because this was kind of the very beginning when you started, and I loved reading this. This is the entrepreneurial takeaway. So we're getting into the history of how this all started, Paula, with you at 17 years old, opening your kitchen cabinets repeatedly, hoping for a different result. Doing the same thing the same way will result in the same outcome. Hoping and wishing will not get the job done recognizing that something has to change and taking action will. You want to explain that one a little bit? <laughs> you want me well, to go I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure everyone well, listening can, can respect the, uh, the insanity part of, you know, looking in the cabinets and looking for something different and not seeing anything different, but yet you keep expecting something different to happen. So the only thing that's going to, be different is if we change ourselves, if we start looking at at things differently. And the difference between myself and Jim is Jim is a blind, he went technically blind at 18. And he was, he was really, he really came from a place of starting his business from a need that he saw from being a blind guy. And he started Mm -hmm. this television network called the Blind Network. And he basically went out to every friend, every family member, everyone. In fact, Bama was an early donor to the to the Blind Network. He loves to tell that story. But he borrowed off of every one of his credit cards and maxed up all of his credit cards in really what I consider very bootstrapped and very entrepreneurial from that perspective. Because I know there's a lot of people that listen to your program that are maybe they have an idea, they want to leave corporate America, they want to go out, they want to do something that's filling a consumer need, but they don't have the money and they don't have, you know, in their minds, they have a great idea, but they don't know how to execute it. And so, you know, I think where I was able to, from a different perspective, I was basically handed a business with a great customer mm-hmm. called McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't have to borrow on day one. Yeah. I had I had an income. But the difference was I had an early quality problem that almost crippled us and almost caused us to lose that great customer. Now, if I would have lost that great customer, then I don't know exactly what I would have done. I would have probably had to go to the bootstrap program like Jim did and go out and try to find a, a you know, a customer. Because mm-hmm. that's how it all starts. It starts with a customer that you have an idea how to fill a need and then you make a great product and then you start trying to find sources of money in different ways to to grow your business and that's where, yeah. you know, a lot of this entrepreneurial yeah. thing has to come from. Yep, and, and here's what he said about that. He said, 
Once Paula accepted that she needed help, she didn't randomly make calls or roam the streets. She made a mental checklist of the people she could and could not realistically turn to. She assessed the options available to her before making a decision on how to proceed. Taking the time to think about viable options and approaches before implementing them will save you and your company precious time and money. Yes. That's it? So thoughtful, careful, um, planned. I think those are the words that, you know, an entrepreneur thinks, you know, when you start thinking about producing something and making something and putting it in a store and having people actually buy it and has might have your name on it like our products did or like Jim's mm. did. You know, it's a heady, it's exciting. You get people around you excited. People get excited. You don't think necessarily about planning, thoughtfulness, mindfulness, you know, creating a marketplace for this product. You don't think mm-hmm. about all those things that have to go into the back of the house, as we called it. So mm-hmm. that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get into trouble and fail is because they don't think about all those back of the house things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where's the money going to come from? What's your financing look like? What is your culture that you're trying to create? You know, with the people that work there. Are you trying to have an open culture? Are you trying to have an autocratic culture? Are you trying to create a place where people can have their ideas? Are you trying to have volunteerism? Are you trying to let people, you know, work and support others while they're working to support themselves? So there's a lot of things to think about. And mostly what people do is they just start running around, you know, Mm -hmm. and getting excited Mm -hmm. about getting this company to buy it or that company to buy it. And you don't think about all the other things that need to go on. But, you know, I want to say something. I mean, I know, you know, the company was given to you. However, I want to read something here that I thought was very interesting because I think this has really helped you with success. In accepting a low-level position with Bama, in the beginning, Paula was able to learn the family business from bottom to top. Her firsthand knowledge of all of the work involved in creating their products helped her to rise through the ranks and ultimately earn the position of CEO. When managers can relate to employees because they've been there and done that, the employee confidence is higher. Talk about that, Paula. Well, it, it, it's you know, it, we've talked about this before, Patricia, like what we study things like the Gallup organization. We study their survey processes and we know from our reading and from our you know just listening to to television we know that 70 percent of america's workforce i think it's more like 75 percent now is considered disengaged in the work that Uh they're doing Uh and so if you have a disengaged person and you're trying to get them to engage with a customer or engage with a a client or come or even come to work and and be dressed nice and and actually be productive, It's you need to connect with them. You need to be engaged with them or they're not going to connect with the people that you need them to connect with. So but I, but, but like I think one-on-one, Paul, one on one, you know? Yeah, but you know, Paul, I think there are probably many CEOs that have never really been to the bottom of the plant, if you know what I mean. Right, they're, they're up there in the ivory tower. They've never, they don't know what, I mean, they know how the product's made, but I wonder how many of them have really been watching that product be made. You know? I don't think a lot of America's corporate executives are engaged themselves with the people, and that's mm-hmm. part of the problem as well, because if they don't, if the top people don't know and, don't, and aren't engaged in what's going on, then they're not going to be able to get the people in the production areas to care. Because, you know, it, it, I was reading an article yesterday about Wall Street bonuses, and Wall Street bonuses are going to be some of the highest that they've ever had. And mm-hmm. I sit there and wonder, like, so what value did those, all those guys on Wall Street create for the working person? You know, mm-hmm. did those companies just get bought and sold and then the people at the bottom were just shuffled around like, you know, just like sand in a, on a beach? It, you mm-hmm. know, so most of the time, those people that are doing the work are not thought of nor are they regarded when all these big bonuses get paid. So that creates right. a lot of ill will. It creates a lot yeah. of distrust. It creates a lot of disengagement. Because people are like, well, it's just the fat cat's making themselves fatter again, you know. Yeah. So why should yeah. we care? So a lot of it's going to be about re- 
you know, people at the top starting to think about yeah. when they want to sell the company or when they want to buy a company. You know, integrating the people, looking at the at at, at the at the, at the money situation, trying to make sure that everyone wins. You know, in whatever way they can, not just a few. Well, and I also think too that you know. It, at the bottom, you know, if in your case, the pie is where it starts. If the pie isn't good, you lose your customer. And that's what the CEO right. has to look at. You know, it's not okay. you creating the numbers and talking to your team. It's that pie that the customer's eating. Right. And I'm not on the floor anymore making every single one. Right. So that's the difference. I, you know, it's what I was talking about earlier is that that skill set, as a company grows, the skill set of the executives has to grow and develop and change as well, which means we have to learn how to integrate our goals with the goals of the people on the floor and create the training programs, create the profit-sharing programs, create the money-sharing that will allow people to share in the success of the organization. Right. right. All right. We're going to take a break on that note, um, talking to Paula A. Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies. They're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're an international innovator of bakery products. Uh, they sell to McDonald's, to Walmart. They've been with McDonald's for over 30 years. And they're a huge company. They have plants in Poland and in China and in the States and uh, Pretty amazing. And Paula really does walk her talk. Her book, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, says it all. We'll be back with Paula right after the break, right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone, and we are back. And my guest is Paula Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies, an international innovator of bakery products. She's the author of five books, including The Executive Entrepreneur and my favorite of her books, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. And I'm right now, I'm in the book, Finding the Soul of Big Business. And Paula, welcome back. And we were, talking, we were talking about 
you know, sort of the egos of a lot of corporate executives and what's happening on Wall Street and how a lot of the money is, you know, the profits are going into their pockets rather than into the workers and maybe not really understanding or being as open. So in your book, there's a chapter that is called Measuring the Corporate Ego. And one of the things that you can, one of your steps that you talk about uh, as in terms of really keeping your ego in check is maintaining an open mind. That's number one. When we come from a place of ego, we tend to be narrowly scoped, usually have difficulty seeing beyond what we can understand. So talk about that, Paula, being having an open mind. Well, I think, I think um, you know, the ego is, is something that's very powerful. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a protective, um, you know, part of the human psyche that's put together so that we don't die when certain things are going on. And, and it's a survival that so protects us a lot of times. But the other, the other problem is that it can be so rooted in fear, and usually the basic human fears have to do with, you know, how am I going to be humiliated? Am I going to be cut from the herd? You know, because when I get cut from the herd means I was ostracized, which means I was humiliated. Uh, Everyone's going to leave me. I'm not going to have any money. I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have any status. And so I look at a lot of times what's happening to whether it's politicians, whether it's people in high offices, whether it's uh, corporate executives, the head of, uh, of, of um, one of the big car companies just got let go this morning. It was, was international news. He was mm. supposedly one of the top industry executives in the, in the whole world. And they uh, found him money laundering and fraud, fraudulently cooking the books and this and that. So you look at this and you go, wow, what a bad guy. Well, what I do is I look at that and I say, oh, corporate ego gone wild. Because mm-hmm. he probably saw something slipping in the books. He was probably a year, year, two years ago. They manufactured a way to cover up from Wall Street or whoever was looking at the numbers or the board of directors or whatever it was he was trying to do. And then he was money laundering with one of the other directors. So you look at these things, you go, are these bad people? And I say, mm-hmm. no, it's ego's gone wild. So yeah. Yeah. When I hear about corporate ego, I immediately start. I I sell in my organization. I sell the truth always. I sell don't cover up and mask things because you're only hurting the company and yourself when you cover mm-hmm. up and mask things. So we create. I create a very open structure at Bama for all kinds of conversations to happen up and down the organization because we want those conversations. How many times, Patricia, have you been involved when somebody would say, the minute I hear someone say something like, well, don't tell so-and-so. See, that tells me a lot about the corporate culture. Is it Mm -hmm. a corporate culture of secrets and lies? And then are we trying to cover something up or what are we trying to cover up? So I immediately go on that offense to try to figure out what are these people trying to cover up here? Mm-hmm. You know, is it something that they're doing to protect themselves, to protect their jobs, to, you know, to uh, side give a customer some side money to keep the business so they don't have to admit that they have, you know, problems? So, you know, I don't look at these things that people do in a regular way. I don't look at them as bad people. I look at the ego got in charge. The ego set them up with some sort of hidden process. They started having to lie and deceive. Then once that happens, it goes, it's down, it's only a matter of time, Patricia, until they get caught and then they get fired. Yep. The very yep. thing that we worry about the most is going to yep. happen. You know, mm-hmm. once you get on that pathway, you can't get off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's and it's really it's a shame, you know. One of the things, one of the points in here, says in terms of keeping your ego in check is serve others instead of ourselves. And I, I want to share this with you. I was with a friend who's um, a real estate broker recently, and he's very successful. And uh, he went through a very tough period where he, you know, very tough and financially. And I said, "How did you get through that?" And he said, "I read every single book that I could find." Uh, you know, like Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, all of these successful people. I said, and was mm-hmm. there a bottom line? 
And he said, yes, there was. They all said, you give more than you receive. Yep. And that's exactly what you're saying here. Yes. Yes, yep. absolutely. I mean, you know, the ego wants to tighten everything down. The ego wants to protect. The ego wants to curtail what you do and how much generous you are. And the ego wants you to protect your stuff. Well, when you start doing that, you immediately start on the road to losing all your stuff. So it's a, it's a very interesting way. Physic, the physics, the astrophysics of the human condition and how it works, the minute you start trying to protect things, you start to lose them. And so the best thing you can do is instead of trying to protect is give away your time, give away yourself. People who are depressed are usually sitting around in their houses eating too much junk food and watching too much TV. If they were to turn off all that stuff and go out and volunteer at the homeless shelter, go out and volunteer at a food bank, go out and volunteer at your church, go out and give something back to people that, you know, are not as fortunate as you. You may think you're not very fortunate, but if you go out and see all these other people, you suddenly realize how fortunate you are. So the more you can give away, and I'm not talking about just money, I'm talking about your valuable time, and that you can teach this more of a selfless way of being, you find the universe opens up to give you more stuff. Yes, yes, so I know. there's that dichotomy, yeah. you know, again, yeah. that plays out in the human condition. It, I've mm-hmm. never seen it fail. Never. Amazing. Yeah, when you give more. There's another one in here that I find difficult, but it's another one about keeping the ego in check. And we got a couple minutes to break. So it's called Don't Get Attached to Outcomes. Being attached to outcomes is a surefire path to disappointment and a waste of our mental energies. It is our ego that fuels our intense desire for outcomes. However, Paula, what if you, all right, I'm going to give an example. You know, you're applying for jobs or, you know, you really need income, or, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to lose weight and you're really trying. Well, these, those outcomes are important to you, and you are going to get disappointed. So I find it, it's not always so easy not to be attached to outcomes. What do you think? No, it's very difficult. It's, it's one of the great, you know, uh, Buddha, uh, you know, the truisms of Buddha and, and some of the Eastern religions are all based on this. Um, this philosophy, and it's very, very difficult to do. I was listening on NPR yesterday morning to a whole discussion around what people do to get into this transcendental meditation state, mm. and you think about the concept of these hothouses that are around all over, like from thousands and thousands of years ago that the Indians practiced, mm-hmm. that people went in there and got their body temperatures up way past 140 degrees. And there was some healing properties that these shamans and these guys were talking about that happens inside the body when you heat it up to past a certain a certain amount of time. And it's almost to the point of near death where you go to where yes. your body just kind of elevates. And it was really interesting because science now has proved, they've studied these shamans and these guys enough that they now realize that what they're doing when they go into these transcendental states of being is they are literally out of the body or their neurotransmitters, their mm-hmm. neural pathways right. are, 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 are uh, they're sending messages to God knows who, you know? And so what you want to do is get yourself, you know, as often as you can into those states where you realize you really don't need anything. You know, you realize that you're perfectly fine just the way you are or you're perfectly fine with, you know, the things you have and the people you have around you. And, you know, if you're single, you're perfectly fine that way. And and you just become enlightened and you become to a place of accepting. And then the level of expectations that you set on yourself to go achieve are literally nowhere. See, when I see people saying they don't, they can't find a job, that tells me, okay, they're not willing to work in fast food. They're not willing to work in retail. They're not willing to work at these places that, like a Walmart or, or even a McDonald's. That 
tells me that they have an ego attached to what kind of job they should have. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're just okay with everything, you could work anywhere and wait for the opportunity and be okay with it and wait for the opportunities to open up to allow you to move into different types of roles that mm. you don't even know about when you're just sitting in your house sending around resumes. So, you know, it's all about getting out in the universe, getting out there and people seeing you do things and be aggressive and, and work hard. You know, those are the those are a lot of basic tenets that are still in, in place today. Mm, fascinating. Wow. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. And when we come back, we are talking to Paula Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies, an international innovator of bakery products and author of five books, and they including The Soul of Big Business and The Executive Entrepreneur. And Bama Company makes all of the apple pies and fast food desserts and biscuits for Walmart and for um, McDonald's and for many of the fast food chains and is really a very successful company that really cares so much about the employees. And the employees are team members. They're not employees. So it's really inspirational to be able to work with Paula and hear uh, things from her perspective where she's really there uh, as, as a team player all the way around for her employees, for her internal clients, her external clients. And it's very refreshing indeed. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back, and my guest is Paula A. Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies, which is an international innovator of bakery products. She's the author of five books, including The Executive Entrepreneur and Finding the Soul of Big Business. And we're talking now about her book, Finding the Soul of Big Business. We're talking about how we can keep our ego in check, particularly when we're corporate executives. But these are good lessons for all of us. So welcome back, Paula. Thank you very much. Yeah, we were talking about not getting attached to outcomes, but here's another big one, and not just for corporate executives, for all of us. 
Avoid perfection. That's not an easy one. A lot of people want to do it exactly right and perfect. What do you think? That would be the case. Yes. (laughs) Well, again, when we try to catch ourselves being perfect, you know, you got to take a look at, I mean, my, that's one of my favorite things my father used to say to me. And one of my mentors who was our plant manager, she used to say to me, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not doing anything. So, you know, part of, part of the whole learning process is doing, doing stuff, making mistakes, having someone talk to you and teach you. You know, we call it, Dr. Deming calls it continuous improvement. We call it continuous improvement at Bama. So it's, you know, people not tolerating failure, and I hate, I hate it when the old uh, Jack Welch theories were all present and it was the three strikes and you're out and all this big tough talk, you know, from him. But it, it's like, what does three strikes and you're out even mean? You know, does that mean somebody's standing around counting how many mistakes you made? Or mm-hmm. is it just someone who doesn't like you that's trying to just get rid of you, you know, mm-hmm. so that they can come up with a way of, of just firing you? Because I can tell you, you can look around. One of the things that makes corporate America also difficult for people sometimes is the unfairness and the unjustness of things. Mm-hmm. So if you have an open culture and you talk about things and you talk about mistakes and you handle things in a continuous improvement mindset, then it's, it's harder to get angry about what's going on as a team member because you know someone's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. If mm-hmm. people are always getting fired around you because they make a mistake, that culture is going to be very intimidating, very shut down, mm-hmm. very clickish. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a lot of ego around it. And so well, and people will be afraid. Not. They'll be afraid to try oh, yeah. anything, right? Oh, yeah. Completely petrified. And one of the things that happens in the human psyche, and again, part of the human condition, is that we're fight or flight. We're back, you know, we're never really very far from those ancestral roots that we have in our, in our brain that tell us that there's only two responses to every condition, and that is you either stay and you fight or you fly away. And so in a situation where it's very combative in a work environment and certain people like that, you're only going to attract combative people and the winners are going to always be the biggest bullies and the losers are going to be the ones that leave and go elsewhere because they don't want to fight. Mm. So the thing is, you look, you can look right immediately at a culture and talk to people right away and figure out what the culture is there, whether it's open or closed, whether it's fearful or, you know, joyful, whether it's, Mm. you know, accepting or critical. I mean, there's, you know, it's hard to fight that, to, to, to not see that yeah. when it's present. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and the thing that comes to mind without, and I'm not getting political, but this whole thing with the, that recently happened um, with the press pass being taken away from a correspondent. I mean, the bigger message was, you know, if, if the press pass is taken away because somebody doesn't like what you say, then everybody else around who's in the press is going to be afraid to, to ask questions. Right. right. And what is the point, you know, where is the point in time to say, you know, you draw the line that everyone needs to act civil and everyone needs to be on good behavior. Yes. And so, you know, at a time maybe you go offline and you talk about what's going on here and let's try to get to the bottom of this guy's issues rather right. than let's extract the press pass so we can show how tough we are, you know. Exactly. Again, that's the environment that it seems like we're in is I'm tougher than you, so I can combat you more than you can combat me. So what's happened is the the level of, you know, combating has gone up and up and up on both sides because people get tired in that environment of if I'm not a combatant, then I look like I'm being run over. If I am a combatant, then I'm going to get into a combat with the the head of the deal Mm -hmm. so I could lose my first pass. I mean, you know, yeah. you just kind of, there's no winning yeah. in that, in that yeah. whole situation and, because the media doesn't get out the message, the president looks even more like a bully, and yeah. engaging in that kind of, you know, rat-tat-tat-tat conversation makes everybody look bad. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of the points here, one of the other points about checking your corporate ego is be right but not righteous, and you write yeah. that there's a big difference between being right 
and righteous. It's a completely different feeling. A completely different situation is occurring. It's right. It says righteous, righteous folks are frightened folks. Yes. And they come across like they're going to hit you or they're going to bully you or they're going to, you know, do something to you instead of just being able to have a rational conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, we all get shut down because they can talk louder or they can be more aggressive or they've got more power. Because anywhere you go, you can always find people with more power than you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when I go to my customers, I immediately enter a situation where they have more power than me. I mean, yes, I own a big company and I provide a lot of food for a lot of people, but I go into situations where people have the power to take that all away from me. So you have to be cognizant of where you're at and where the power resides, not be stupid, but also stand up for yourself as well. I agree. Another one on here I really like is let others tell your story. Why not completely take you and your ego out of the picture and let others speak for you? Testimonials and referrals are by far the most powerful tools you can use to build your business. I think that's a, that's a strong point. I mean, we just bought a business in the UK, and within the same week, I got a, the bricks that's been approved, the bricks has been disapproved. Theresa mm. May's out. Merkel's out. The guy who wrote the Brexit bill is out. I mean, it's like none of them are letting the other one tell the story. I mean, <clears throat> I thought it was awful that the guy who wrote the new bill that just got approved, but then it got disapproved, and so he quit his job, that no one would listen to him. Mm. You know, so... There's everyone over there wants to tell their own thing and be the loudest voice and the most obnoxious voice. So everywhere you look, you see examples of this. It's not it's not different here or in a company. It's all you can look everywhere and see examples of this. And how many of us know someone who isn't having a good time unless they're talking about themselves? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, how many of us know people like that? Mm-hmm. That they're so insensitive that they never think to ask anybody around them, well, how was your holiday? Or how was your life? Right. Let's talk about right. you. I don't want to talk about myself. Let's talk about right. you, you know? Or, or that they just don't stop talking. That's the other one. You know, those people that, you know, sit down with you and then it's all about them and you don't even talk. You just sit there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a hard one, too. And I think that turns people off. I mean, it's not somebody that I want to spend a lot of time with. No, um, exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going to, we have one more segment, so we're going to take a break. But before we do, any tips, since you're the apple pie lady, any tips for people <laughs> over the holidays? We'll give some more, but I'm going to throw one in here. Well, of course... I think every Thanksgiving is not complete without your pumpkin pies, your apple pies, and your pecan pies. And they're not that hard to make. They're a lot of fun. You can get your kids involved. Pies are one of the great American holiday foods that life is not complete unless you've had your piece of pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's really great. And, and do you make them yourself? <laughs> do you make the pies yourself? Yes, I'm, I have now transitioned uh, a couple of my kids into the pie makers. So two of my daughters make the pies now, and I do, I do the rest of the meal. So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the main situation that goes down. I haven't let go of everything on the main meal at this point in time. I've, I've let go of the pie making. So <laughs> that's, that's the Well, the that's first okay step, since right? you were making pies since you were like, what, 10 years old? <laughs> probably 12 or 13 because my mother hated to cook and so I cooked every meal from the time I was able uh, to stand uh, in the kitchen and do it so (laughs) uh, amazing Paula how can we're going to come back for break but if people want to learn more you have a Facebook page right or if they want to learn more about your books what is that Paula Paula A. Marshall um, and we post uh, we post stuff that's happening all the time in my world and in Bama, and uh, you can go out and you can you can write me messages uh, and get in touch with me. Um, you know, 
we can help any way we can. All right. Thanks so much. All right. We're going to come back with Paula. We'll talk a little bit more about sort of corporate ego and we'll transition into the holidays as well. And with Paula A. Marshall, who is the CEO of Bama Companies, an international innovator of bakery products and author of five books. And their company has plants in China and in Poland, and they make the apple pies for McDonald's and Walmart and many other fast food chains. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you think about what you really want? Are you looking to change or perfect your environment, your value, your life? We can help. Tune in to Everyday News with the Blantons. Hosted by husband and wife team Mark and Dr. Latasha Blanton, our program will help you find the answers to make the changes in your life with inspiring guests that can help you find your sense of place in the world and how you view it. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. And my guest for the whole hour is Paula A. Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies, an international innovator of bakery products. And they make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for, and biscuits now, for McDonald's and Walmart and many other fast food chains. And Paula is such an example of her book, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, and really, really, really valuing and honoring her employees, which are her team members. So they're her internal customers as well as external customers. So, Paula, welcome back. Since it's Thanksgiving, I want to talk a little bit about you know, your whole philosophy at Bama is all about giving. And I'd like you to talk about that and how you see that translating in your company and around the holiday time, too. Well, we have, we've created, because we understand that, that the human beings are basically, um, they're, we're hardwired to, to do for others. Um, and they're, they're, Going back, and National Geographic has done special specials on Cro-Magnon Man and what happened to him. And they used to think that they, you know, were annihilated because they didn't adapt to the changing conditions. But uh, a lot of what's being talked about now is that they they were you know, they cooperated with all the other different humans that were showing up on the planet at the time. So I think our society has, you know, we we we're a lot more cooperative than we are combative in a, in yes. a normal, you know, human sense. And so, you know, we want to do for others. We want to help others. And so we've created some uh, 
process is where each one of our plants have uh, people in charge of what we call outreach, and they each get a chance once a year to meet and pick their charity that they want to work with for the following year. Some of our teams work with the homeless shelter, some work with the food banks, some work with the the community gardens, some of them work with, uh, you know, um, reading to school kids. So they can pick anything they want to. And Mm. they get a a pocket of money, they get $5,000 per plant, and they can do whatever they want to with that money. A lot of them do way neat things, special things that throughout the year they, you know, they do Easter things or they do, uh, you know, they're doing holiday things right now and Christmas stores and things like that. And it's just, you know, it's just everybody in the whole facility wants to do more than just come to work, you know. Mm -hmm. They want to help each other. Mm. And so these outreach teams are ways that people can gather together and in a specified, you know, amount of time, they can make their plans, they can figure out what they want to do, and then they can go out and do it. And everybody feels so much better after they go and do one of these projects. Oh. They're all excited about even working even harder. So, it, yeah. it, to me, it just shows that the philosophy is true, that as human beings, we want to give to each other and we want yeah. to help each other. Tell us one of the projects that you've done that's very memorable, that people really kept talking about. One of the projects that they did. Well, of course, any time any one of our team members has a fire or a total loss of the house or a total loss of some, you know, some um, amount of money or some uh, part of their, uh, you know, their financial situation and our, and our team members go together and they, they come together and they build something for them or they, um, you know, they rebuild their house or they put, they go out to a, um, you know, a shelter and buy a bunch of clothes and, and give their kids a bunch of clothes or bicycles or, I mean, those are the kinds of things that, you know, you just mm. see people crying and you can't, you know, you can never mm-hmm. do anything bigger or better than that. You know, that's, that's the most, the personal ones are the ones that get to me the most. But then I love going down to the homeless shelter. I love going and doing the feedings. Uh, I love helping, you know, helping those people. They're getting ready to do it again, of course, next week. And, um, mm. you know, they'll be serving Thanksgiving dinner to several thousand people. And so, it, you know, those are the things that are memorable to me, too, that, that you know, our, we've got, I'll have 30 or 40 people down there, um, yep. you know, feeding the homeless on Thanksgiving Day. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. And, you know, I know we'll be back on after the first of the year, so we won't be doing a show in December. But I know that in past years, you have read letters from your employees, team members, about how much they love Bama. I mean, these beautiful letters, Paula, about how much Bama has really enriched their lives and their families' lives. A lot of them have children and grandchildren who've worked there. Yes, yes. And I will get some more letters. I will have more letters, and we'll try to... I'll try to, um, you know, get some of those put, put together for the next, for the show in January so we can, we can read some of those. Yeah, I, I think that's so special. You must really get such pleasure from all this. I know, I know being the CEO has, has a lot of headaches and a lot of responsibility, but there's got to be a lot of, you know, just pleasure and joy from what you're able to do. I have I have the most fun of anybody. I think in I I talk to CEOs all the time. What's interesting to me is I there's so many of them will say, "Oh, I hate this job. This job is horrible. It's you know it's the worst thing that's ever happened. I can't wow. believe it. It's you know." Wow. I and I always look at them and go, "Wow, you're the top person in that company. How could you?" You know, how could you be like that? How could you say those things? And I think it's just a matter of, you know, um, the perspective that they have on life. And so there's nothing that we can, any of us do to change that attitude or to change that behavior. You know, it's, it's not something that any of us can do. So it's a personal thing that they have to decide that their life is great and that they're blessed beyond measure and that they get to um, mm-hmm. help people every day instead mm-hmm. of hurt people every day. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a benefit. That's a blessing, you know, and that's something that I really 
don't take for granted. I I have a lot of gratitude around my life and around what I'm able to do yeah. and around the people that yeah. I get to work with and yeah. customers and everything. And so yeah. I I I don't take any of this for granted. I'm I'm a mm. very blessed person and I'm truly appreciative of that. Oh, and a, and a very wonderful person too, and uh, and I want to say you know if you read some of Paula's books, it wasn't always easy. I mean, she has a book here that you should take a look at on Facebook. Sweetest pie, tough as nails: How a teen mom turned CEO and conquered obstacles in her life and business. So she's you know she has learned how to really. She, as you said, make lemons, make lemonade, right? Make apple pies from That's apples. Right. <laughs> That's right. There was a yeah. time when I didn't think I was going to have anything, and I didn't, you know, I thought I could barely feed my kids. And, um, you know, I've, I've been very blessed um, with the situation that, that happened that was a total accident that was never supposed to happen. But, you know, my brothers and everyone else was taking care of business, and I was and just... I was just the daughter. I wasn't supposed to do any of this. So it's all been a a wonderful uh, miracle. Well, thank you so much, Paula. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for just, it's wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Patricia. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, this wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, or write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. Until Until next time, next week, have a great week, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.